Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. Man, here we are again. Another podcast, another another Tuesday. What? How, number 16? N- I think last week was number 16. 17. I don't know. <clears throat> I, have to, I have to double check all those yep. numbers. I think it was while I was uh, editing last week's, I realized, wow, this is episode 16 and... We're still uh, moving along, so this yeah. is cool. And I want to work on a big giveaway for episode number 20 or 25 or 2000. One of, a, we're going to have a big giveaway. Oh, that sounds good. Is yeah. it going to be that uh, Jelly of the Month Club? Nice. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. It'll be something. It'll be something that'll be worthwhile. All right. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So how have things been? How's well, uh, okay, today was interesting. Sometimes I share uh, about what happened in my day. Mm. So uh, last week... Um, during a pastor's meeting, my glasses broke. And uh, oh, no. so, yeah, I only get my eyes tested when I have to get a new prescription. So I went to the eye doctor today mm. and uh, something didn't work. Uh-oh. <clears throat> the puff of air in the eyeball test. Oh, no. Have you, you've had this test. It's the worst test. It's the worst test. So I go in. It's terrible. It's medieval torture. It, it is unbelievable. <laughs> and I mean, it should not be bad because it's called puff. It's not called a poke in the eye. It's not right. called a stab in the eye. Right. It's a puff of air. Uh-huh. And for those of you who don't get your eyes tested, um, it, basically you, you open your eyelid up and put your eyeball in a vulnerable position and they blow air into your eyeball. So they do my left eyeball. Oh, I'm sorry, it didn't work. Let's try the right. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, it didn't work. Well, so my eyes, my eyelids were open. I felt the puff of air. And uh, so then four times <gasps> on each eyeball, no. eight puffs of air these eyeballs oh, endured today. I'm thinking, I don't know what you're testing for. Is it glaucoma? I, I think so. Yeah, I'll, they're I'll, testing the the water pressure inside the I'll eye. I'll take or the glaucoma. <laughs> Whatever it is. I, I, after the fourth time, I literally thought. I, meant, I, I mentally thought, I'm tapping out. I'm here. You're serving me. I'm yeah. paying for this. This is yeah. off the menu. Yeah. And then the fifth time, it worked. Oh my and, goodness. And after, then keep your eyes closed for a while. And then, then when I tell you to open them, open them. That is so scary because I know as soon as I open them, boom. Yeah. I'm getting. I'm getting blasted with this blast of air that is so, it's not like painful, but no. it, but it's so, uh, I don't, it's discom- startling. It's startling. It's yeah, discombobulating. Sure. And, and whatever they're testing for, I'm just like, I guess it is, you said glaucoma, but I'm like, I mean, I don't want to mock anybody who's glaucoma. I'm sure it's a terrible situation, but I'll take my chances. Yeah. I, I'm just not, I didn't, I, I don't know. It's, it's no hard. one should have to go through what I no, endured today. Not at all. Jared. I mean, it's hard to express how how uh, traumatizing even just one round of that is, one puff per yes. eye. I mean, it's basically like you find the worst, scariest haunted house, yeah. and you take your eyeballs out. And you yeah. just kind of roll them inside and Absolutely. say, "I'll be back in a little while," That's and then exactly you get back, and your your and eyes are traumatized. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't like to prop myself up. I just want to acknowledge that a lesser man wouldn't be at this podcast today <laughs> after five puffs for eye, four failed, one successful. You know, after Craig, we already after knew 10 that about you. eyeball puffs, I'm, I took one for the team and I'm playing hurt today and I am here to participate in the podcast. And I, I just want that to be acknowledged. So you know how they used to call, well, I think they still call Margaret Thatcher the Iron Lady, right? Well, I'm the Iron Man. You're the Iron Man. Yeah, not the Iron Chef, but N- no. Oh, I, sh- I should <laughs> say that the person, a very sweet lady, this is nothing about her who administered the uh, stab of air to the eyeball test. Uh, 
She did say, this is very endearing. She did say, well, I think you have long eyelashes and they're somehow getting in the way. So I was like, I will cut my eyelashes. I'll, you I'll cut my eyelids. What, what do we need to do? So anyway, Just to get it over yeah, with. next time I will be, uh, yeah, I will be going to the barber before my next eye test. Could that's you trim great. my eyelashes? Because Just go ahead it's, pluck them all off. Yeah, absolutely. There it is. So that's my day, but I'm that's here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, I mean, and I think I just, it's evident, uh, you know, how strong of a person you are. Cause I would have never no, guessed that you no. went through that tremendous. You've, you've been with me the last hour. Yeah. And, and it did not show, I mean, this is trauma. Yeah, this is something that they would, you know, say yeah. like, Hey, you need to go home from work take, for the take day. Take a break. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Bring wow. a doctor's note. 10 you, puffs of air. You air have off. suffered. I have. So yeah. I am here and, uh, I just want that to be acknowledged, but wow. I do moving on to more serious things would love to help. Uh, anybody we could with uh, the Sunday sermon. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump in. You uh, uh, did a great job finishing up the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew uh, seven twenty four through 29. Just talking about, you know, where is our house uh, founded on? What what have we built our life on? Has it been, you know, the rock of Christ or are we, are we building our, our lives on sand? And so, um, I just, I, I thought you did a really great way of wrapping it up and, and bringing the whole series home for us. Um, and as a reminder, before we jump into these questions, feel free to text your questions related to the sermon to 469-573-2920. And, uh, that's what we're doing here. We're answering questions. So let's jump into this first one. Here we go. How is this verse encouraging to the person or house, uh, using the metaphor from the, right. from the passage? How is this verse enc- encouraging to the house who is completely torn down, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, etc.? Some houses get more damage than others. Mm. And in a practical way, it seems some of the chronic or intense struggles people deal with would be the equivalent of the house being destroyed with only the foundation being left. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And on the heels of uh, my non-suffering experience, which I was joking about, <laughs> if that's my, the worst suffering I've had today, then, then I'm, uh, you know, the richest man in the world. Uh, people obviously endure very uh, significant suffering. And I think the, you know, I'd, I'd made a point sometime in the sermon to say, hey, different houses uh, in this life er, experience different floods and rains and winds. Um, and that is a biblical um, usage of the picture of a storm to refer to the difficulties of life. We looked at a psalm for that. But I tried to make the point that I think the ultimate picture Jesus is talking about here is standing before the great storm, mm. which comes, uh, which is ultimately his judgment, God's judgment. And and the reason is, is because from verse 13 on, all of the passages in the conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount are talking about eternity and yeah. judgment. So I think that's what it is. And so I don't think that in this illustration, the point is that anyone would stand finally just a foundation, uh, but that God will, only on that day will we know what God has done in us and through us, even when we couldn't see or detect it. Mm. And even how God was at work faithfully and, and that we will stand in Christ and that we will... Um, we will, uh, you know, we, we will, we'll, we'll stand on that day. We'll stand until that day as well. I was trying to communicate. And I think it's powerful, um, that Jesus closes the sermon with this image that is sort of, we could say eschatological, that mm. is, it points to eternity. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think it's powerful because it, it, throughout scripture, we see the, um, 
the anticipation of that day yeah. uh, strengthening us today to press on knowing what's coming. Yeah. And so when the person who may be enduring suffering, the person who wrote that question may be going through a really hard time and feels like, you know what, I feel like my house, name, meaning my life, has, has taken on so much water and taken on so much wind damage that I feel nearly, you know, uh, you see those dreadful images of the mm. tornadoes that just came through in uh, Alabama, I believe it was, and you just see foundations and, and yeah. houses destroyed. And someone says, I feel like that's my life right now. Yeah. I think the promise of the Lord is you may feel like that, but this is not the ultimate, that the Lord mm. is going to uh, ultimately um, reveal uh, in in the resurrection that you have a uh, an eternal body, a spiritual body, and you're welcomed into an eternal kingdom where all is perfect. And it yeah. won't just be a foundation that makes it into the new heavens and new earth. It will be uh, the glory that you were originally created for. And so yeah. I think that picture helps us. And I think Paul gives us an imagery that goes along these lines in 2 Corinthians 4, where he's talking about suffering. And he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, hmm. perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, uh, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. So the picture there he's talking about is very much how this question, uh, the person who wrote this question may feel uh, afflicted in every way, uh, uh, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. But then he says in verse 16 of chapter four, just a few verses later, he says, um, uh, he says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen hmm. for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So hmm. I, I hesitate to read this verse to someone who's in the midst of a difficulty simply because when you're going through the worst trial, it can feel like a pat answer. It can feel, yeah, it can even right. feel condescending. It can feel right. like someone who can't relate. Um, and so they're just giving you like a Bible verse on a coffee cup right. kind of a thing. Uh, so I'm not talking to this person one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know that they're necessarily suffering right now. So I'm going to share it this way in the most compassionate way I know how that, that Paul who endured tremendous suffering to the point uh, earlier in this letter, he said, we despaired even of life, yeah. suffered tremendously, but he said, we don't lose heart even in the hardest times. Why? Because we are wasting away physically mm. and in this life, but compared to what lies in front of us, this is a light momentary affliction. Now that's why I don't share that necessarily with somebody suffering because it doesn't feel light. Yeah. It doesn't feel momentary. It feels overwhelming and yeah. it really hurts. And and it does. Yeah. Suffering is real and it really does hurt. Yes. Um, relational suffering, physical suffering, financial suffering, mental anguish mm. and suffering, all the kinds of things that people walk through in, in life, uh, yeah. just uh, perplexed. Think, why did this happen? Where were you, God? All mm -hmm. these kinds of, the various kinds of uh, abuse and 
physical suffering that people endure in life is just, it's so much unspeakable suffering in our world. So, um, but Paul says, compared to what we are experiencing right now, and he was acquainted with suffering, you know, what that day will be like, this will appear light and momentary compared to that eternal, it won't be light. It's a weight, a heavy weight mm-hmm. of glory forever that awaits us. And so there is this picture in the long run that says, you know what? Things may not turn around. The, re- the reality is we're going to pray. If you get a diagnosis, we're going to pray for your healing. Yeah. But the reality is uh, God may not heal. The, the diagnosis may be terminal. You may die. Yeah. Um, your spouse may not return to the person who's enduring the, the saddest, you know, grievous situation where their spouse has left them yeah. or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the hope is, you may not get married. Um, whatever the longing and the ache is, the depression may not lift right away. It yeah. may, but what we do know ultimately is your story is not over. God is writing an eternal story. Mm. And there is this eternal hope. And it may not take the pain away right now, but Paul says, do not lose heart. It, 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 it gives us a heart of hope for that day. And somehow that adds meaning to this day, that what I'm walking through now is part of the story that God is weaving in my life that will one day be displayed in glory and in tremendous beauty that my scars will be exchanged for the glory of the Lord, uh, you know, in the new heavens and the new earth. And yeah. so, um, again, I share that very delicately yeah. because I don't want to be misunderstood to say anybody's suffering is light and momentary. It's it's what God says in, in the scope of eternity, yeah. um, how, how, what the comparison is. So and there's just a, a passage that hopefully shines some light on that. No, that, that, that's very helpful too. I mean, uh, it, it's helpful too, just remembering kind of what you pointed out that, that Paul is not someone who is unacquainted of with suffering. Not, he yeah. he knows very well what suffering looks yeah. like physically, uh, yes. relationally. Yes, he um, stood alone. At one point, he said, "Everybody's left me." Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what it was like to be rejected. Yeah, all these <laughs> these situations he walked through. Yet he's still able to to see kind of ultimately what what our need is during our our suffering. Of that, that there's an eternal perspective. There's a higher perspective yeah. that even us with human eyes we can't see, we can't understand. So it's not to diminish the reality of suffering. Kind of what you pointed out. I mean, suffering is real. Sometimes life is really, really hard. Sometimes there's situations that feel unbearable. Unbearable. Um, Yet compared to what's to come, compared Mm -hmm. to to the ultimate promise, uh, you know, we're going to get on the other side of eternity Mm -hmm. and we're going to say, wow, God was right in writing in his scripture to us that 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 was momentary, um, that it wasn't meaningless. Yes. uh, But compared to the, to what we've inherited, uh, in eternity with the Lord, um, boy, uh, I mean, I, there's a great hope waiting for us. And, um, I think that can be helpful for us to remember that we need to adopt that eternal perspective in these times of suffering. In these times. And we need to really build that. I think in times when we're not suffering, I was kind of saying, you know, we kind of build our house anticipating what may come, but we build our house on dry times, you know, knowing rains and floods come. And, um, but I think, you know, ultimately it is coming. Uh, suffering's coming for all of us, and mm. then glory is coming for the believer as well. And I, I think it also helps to say, to I, again, I don't know if this person was suffering, but one thing I would say is um, you may feel m- uh, misunderstood, mm. uh, that others can't relate. 
Um, and it is true. Uh, I'm, you know, I know you well enough, Jared, to know you've gone through some stuff that mm-hmm. I can't personally relate to. And you know right. me well enough to know I've gone through some stuff you personally right, can't, right. but you haven't experienced. Yeah. Um, but the good news is that while none of us may know exactly, Jesus does know. He's The yes. Bible says he's acquainted with grief. And that he does understand our sufferings yes. and that he is with us in them, even when um, even when we don't see that. Mm-hmm. It, it is true. And everybody's suffering is custom. You know, I think it is patronizing to say, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Right. Well, maybe you lost a job, too. Like Maybe I lost a job, you lost a job. But the circumstances are different. Yeah. And um, my constitution and your constitution is different. And our maybe our family situation is different. Yeah, and yeah. so there, suffering is very personal yes. and very unique, but it's not unique to Jesus because yeah. he is with us. So I think there's a hope that even in this life, he's with us. And I'm going to get ahead of myself here a little bit, Jared, but we're, yeah. uh, we're going to be recommending a book um, in this next series that's coming up simply called Suffering mm-hmm. uh, by Paul Tripp. And uh, the first chapter alone uh, where he goes into the depth of his own physical suffering um, was just, uh, it, it was it was very eye-opening. But he talked about how the Lord has really met him through it. And then he just does a whole book. Uh, I haven't read, the, I'm in the middle of it right now. But the mm-hmm. whole book is a, is about suffering. And it does make the point that it is, sufferings are personal and custom. And we all bring our own stuff to it and our own experience. Yeah, and it's yeah. different for everybody. But there is this eternal hope. So we'll have that book out in a couple of weeks uh, on Sundays available. And it's one I recommend on this uh, on this subject for sure. So yeah. I think everybody is in Christ. Your house will be standing and will be more than you can imagine in that day. Um, you will withstand the greatest judgment. And when uh, you know, when Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you, uh, two verses or the verse before the passage we studied Sunday, mm-hmm. those words are more horrifying than any of us can imagine. And well done, good and faithful servant is more glory. Welcome mm-hmm. enter. Uh, that is more glorious than any of us could yeah. even imagine. Yeah. So we just have to receive that by faith. You know, I don't, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think we just have to receive that by faith because um, that's where we fix our hope. Yeah. Yeah, this is good too. This is a good topic, I think, for um, obviously this question asked by someone who may or may not be going through suffering. We, we right. don't know. But uh, this is a good topic for all of us uh, as believers, as as members of the body to yeah. be considering. Because, uh, you know, maybe things are hunky-dory for you, but when you come in on a Sunday morning to worship mm-hmm. and, and you're excited for, you know, mm-hmm. the happy song and sing about all the good things that the Lord is doing in your life, there might be someone sitting right next to you who, who just barely has the strength to stand to sing that yeah. song to who, who just doesn't have the strength to raise their hands. And I think when we consider suffering like this, it's a call to the sufferer to reach out to the community mm-hmm. yeah. and say in, in the body of Christ, you know, that mm-hmm. the, the people around you, uh, the people, uh, that you can lean on, that you're called to lean on and who are called to, to be strong for you, who are yeah, called to minister right. to you. Um, that's a means that the Lord has given mm-hmm. you, uh, for strength, for peace, for comfort. Many mm-hmm. of the times we're praying for that to come from the Lord and he wants to do that in the body of Through believers. But, yeah. but on the flip side, it's also a call to those of us who aren't in a suffering position to be there, to mm-hmm. be, uh, to be considerate, to, I mean, we have our community groups at our church and 
I mean, I can tell you that, you know, times that me and Sarah have walked through difficult times, uh, it's been hard for a number of reasons. One, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the people around you don't really know how to be there for yeah, you. That's and, right. and so it takes you being vulnerable and almost helping them and saying yeah. like, Hey, here's what I need. Yeah. And no one who's suffering wants to have to say what you need, right. but that, but that's just the reality of loving another and, and inviting them into your mess with mm-hmm. you. Uh, but the other thing is, is when you're going through stuff like this, sometimes you just want to be alone and sometimes you're cranky and sometimes you're antisocial. Sometimes you just say, you know, I want people to reach out to me, but at the same time, I don't want to deal with anyone. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, come here, I'll push you away. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So these are just the real things of what it looks like to be a human being Mm -hmm. who's living in a sinful world with brokenness in our lives saying, Christ help me. Yeah. You know, coming to, coming to the place of just saying, you know, I just need the spirit to comfort me, to, to bring me peace and help, help me get through today. Um, so I, you know, I'm surprised, honestly, just before we got into the Sermon on the Mount, I didn't expect the idea of suffering to be so, um, you know, so, uh, applicable here at the yeah. end of it. I, yeah. mean, I mean, we got, we got another question too, which yeah. we're not, we're not going to go into the details of it cause it's so personal. Um, but a, a person reached out basically just saying like, Hey, I, I've been, you know, I've been at church. I've been listening to sermons. Yeah. I've been listening to the podcast. I've been listening to your answers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. I've been, I've been asking, seeking, knocking. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been trying to build my, uh, my life on the rock of mm-hmm. Christ. I've been doing all these things and I feel like the Lord isn't showing up. I feel mm-hmm. like the Lord isn't answering. I feel like my situation isn't changing. Uh, and, and so I, I think we, we just want to say we're with you, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I read that question and it was, it was a lot more detailed than what I just said, but I, I mean, my heart just broke because yeah. I've been there. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've all been in places that feel a lot like yeah, that. And kind of what you were just saying, you know, we don't know exactly what it's like because everyone's situation, even exactly. when they suffer is, is different. Is, is different. Yeah. But man, uh, you know, our heart breaks yeah. when, when members of the body hurt. Um, and, and so I, I just wanted to say, I mean, I think Craig, you would say the same as like, you know, this podcast cannot possibly be a place that we can answer your sure. questions in a way that's going to help you. That's sure. going to make you feel like your answers or your questions were answered, but we just invite you, you know, reach out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, reach out to, to the pastoral staff. Please. They are here to minister to you. They're here to love you and walk with you. And really, uh, you know, questions like these need to be answered in relationship and in, mm-hmm. um, face to face conversations. And, and so there is hope for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, you are not alone. And so I would just say to you, you know, just like I was just sharing when you're in places like that, that feel so lonely, feel so low, feel so sorrowful, you feel so broken. Mm -hmm. You feel like maybe there's no hope left and maybe you are kind of resigned to this. Well, I guess God's not going to answer my prayers and you know, maybe God isn't really there for me. Uh, when you're struggling through these things, yeah, the the temptation is to isolate, to be alone, to push away people, but you need to wade into the relationships around you. And, you know, we're always in encouraging, uh, maybe not on the podcast, but, but here at grace, you know, get into a community group where you can be honest and link arms with people and they can link arms with you. And and I mean, the value of that community is that when you are at your lowest, you know, the Lord's going to put someone around you who can help, uh, bear the burden. And that's why we encourage community groups. Yeah, absolutely. I would also, yeah, that's really good. Thank you, Jared, for sharing even personally there prior to that last comment and the question. And, uh, yeah, I do appreciate someone did send, as you said, a very personal issue. And I, I just would say to, um, to the person, please reach out if you've not met with one of the pastors and, uh, talked about that, we'd love to help you. 
uh, however we can. And, um, and I do, I would encourage you the fact that uh, you did reach out with personal situation and, and sent texted in a number of questions uh, is a very clear sign that, um, uh, you're not giving up and yeah. uh, I commend you for that. You're not yeah. gi- if you, if you're giving up, uh, you wouldn't have sent in the questions. Right. And if God gave up on you, you wouldn't even care. You'd be doing your own deal. God's not letting you go. Mm. He's holding on to you in the midst of, uh, of what you're experiencing. So let us, let us help however we can. And, yeah. uh, please, um, follow up with one of the pastors and we'll try to do what we can to come alongside and help you. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Well, uh, I think that is kind of the main, what we had for conversation today. Um, did you want to share on anything coming up? You know, we just finished Sermon on the Mount. Right. Uh, you know, what's happening next? Well, this is kind of this, the line of questions we got this week, which had to do with suffering. I think it's uh, the next series is really going to address that. So we're going to go through the book of uh, Habakkuk between now and Easter. Can you believe we're talking about Easter? Those in the more liturgical church are, you know, uh, coming up here on, and maybe folks in our in our church are as well. We, we haven't done anything official as a church, but coming up on Lent yeah. this week, you know, and so... Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're coming down to, to the season anticipating the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But our next series uh, that'll lead up to Easter is simply called, we're titling it, When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And uh, as you've been talking here, we all have seasons when life doesn't make sense. And one of the great, I find one of the, one of the most powerful things about community, which you were referring to, is realizing, hey, other people have a similar, not exact, but a similar experience. There's other people saying, my life doesn't make sense. Matter of fact, I'm not sure this is what I signed up for as a Christian. Mm, yeah. um, and so uh, we want to look at that. And so we're going to look at the book of Habakkuk, which really opens up with two questions. Lord, how long is this stuff going to continue to happen? And yeah. why are you not intervening? I mean, that's really the question. So God is comfortable with people <laughs> questioning, where are you, Lord? What's going on? And matter of fact, he inspired the prophet, mm. uh, inerrantly by the Holy Spirit, inspired him to write that and put it in the Bible. So yeah. not only is he not offended or perturbed by such questioning, uh, he uh, has uh Record preserved it and recorded it through the human author, the prophet Habakkuk yeah. in, in the Bible. So we'll be looking at that and um, and talking some about suffering uh, and talking about there are situations when life doesn't make sense. And I think life doesn't make sense when it doesn't add up. I, I thought if I did this, this should happen. Or if God is like this, he should act like this. Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, or if that person's a Christian, they should, or if we're friends, then I would have assumed, hmm. you know, or the kind of questions. And we think this, if this is what should happen in the script, this makes sense. And yet life so often is chaotic and yeah. it's, it's not random, but it feels random at times. Mm. And we know that God is sovereign and is, has a plan and is in control, but it feels like he's not in control. Sometimes mm. it yeah. feels like. Um, he's absent. It feels like he doesn't care. It feels like he's incapable of help, unable to help us at times. And so we want to look at that and say, how does the Bible deal with uh, situations when life doesn't make sense? And so, well, we'll be looking at a book that many may not be that familiar with, Habakkuk. Um, it's one of the 
uh, one of the minor prophets, small minor because it's short. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's one of the short guys in the Bible. It's kind of a little a little letter <laughs> or a little prophecy. Um, I knew a guy who did something like that. Short short prophets in the Bible or something like that, and it was all the minor prophets a series. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we will be doing that one. And, and uh, I always love going to a place that I'm not as familiar or we're not as familiar because yeah. it feels like okay, this is. I'm I'm really learning something new. I don't know about the I don't know about the history around this. I don't know about this guy. Mm. Um, I don't know about uh, the cultural context. Yeah. Uh, so it's always you know come Sunday and we'll learn some stuff together <laughs> and and be asking some of the big questions of life. Yeah, I'm always excited for that. I, I love the uh, first uh, mm-hmm. the first week of a new series because yeah. that's when you kind of set the stage. Yeah, yeah. I always learn quite a bit uh, just from you kind of opening up the context and especially uh, you know <laughs> a, a book of the Bible like this one where. Uh, you know, it's probably not going to be uh, on a coffee cup somewhere. No, no. There is <laughs> yeah. a verse. We'll close the book with a verse that could be on a coffee yes. cup. Yes. But there's a lot of unknown players in this. Like, well, yeah. I mean, how much do I really, do we know about the Chaldeans? Right. Um, I don't know. Is that, the, is that a third party running in 2020? <laughs> Republicans, the Democrats, and the Chaldeans. The Republicans, uh, Democrats, and Chaldeans. Chaldeans, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, but who are they? And yeah. uh, wh- why are, they're, prom- they're kind of prominent in the story. And so anyway, we'll, we'll learn that uh, God God is um, always active even when we don't see and, and understand what he's doing. So um, if, if you are suffering, I, I, I pray it will be encouraging. But I'm not doing this series because we we sort of surveyed the church and we said there's the highest percentage of acute suffering going on that we ever had. Actually, I, I don't know that that's the case. It seems like a fairly normal mm. season for most, not for everybody. Uh, some people are enduring tremendous suffering right yeah. now, grief in particular. Um, but some people are really suffering. But yeah. uh, but it feels like a pretty normal time in mm. the life of the church as yeah. life goes. feels like normal. So we feel like, I felt like normalcy is the time to really dig deep and bolster uh, your doctrinal understanding and your personal confidence in the character of God. It's the season. If you are going through a hard time, I trust it'll be helpful. But if you're not, you go, well, really, why? I don't need to hear about suffering. Actually, now's the time you do, because it's that time that we are preparing and strengthening our souls in the Lord so that when suffering does come, we've... uh, there's kind of something in the tank to run yeah. off of and, and experience because yeah. we've uh, we freshly encountered the Lord. So yeah, it, it'll good. hopefully relate to everybody. Well, it's very good. And you mentioned that uh, the book Suffering by Paul Tripp, uh, maybe that's one that if people are going to yeah, read that would it, be one. You know, yeah, maybe for sure. pick that up and kind of For sure. That'll be the started. book that's going to... I'm not going to... You know, normally uh, we, we used to have tons of books, but back before you were at Grace Church, we had like a whole book room and we used to sell a lot of books. And then we started selling fewer books and we started realizing, yeah, a lot of people are doing digital or they get a discount over mm. here. I mean, we, we buy from Amazon and sell yeah. it. Sell it. We're, not tr- we're not making money off it. But right. a lot of people were just, uh, I, I found a lot of people are going to, to more to eBooks and stuff like yeah. that. And so we just said, we got a lot of inventory that's not moving. Mm-hmm. So we decided <clears throat> to just have something on each series. Yeah. And so... Um, well, oftentimes I'll have a kind of a easy level to easy to read commentary, Yeah. but most people aren't spending money on commentaries on Habakkuk and they don't even stand alone to get a commentary on Habakkuk. You've got a couple other guys in there with him, yeah. minor prophets typically. So, um, this time, uh, though people did read some kind of commentary-esque books on the Sermon on the Mount that we had available. We sold, yeah. sold a number of those, but we're just going to do a book that has to do with a th- 
a theme. It's not the only theme. Suffering's not the only theme of the book, but it is a theme, yeah. a prominent theme. So we just said, let's find a good book on suffering. And th- this one just came out. Mm. Um, there's also a book, I don't have the title off the top of my head, but I'll bring it next week. Uh, Tim, okay. Tim Keller's written a great book on suffering as well that came out a couple of years ago, a few yeah. years ago. So anyway, um, we'll, uh, we'll, that, that's where we're headed. So let's, uh, let's may God draw us together as a community to learn more about him yeah. and then to learn more about, uh, the, the kind of surprising things that happen in life and how we can stand with one another during those times. Yeah, so. that's good. Well, I'm looking forward to it and excited for what God's going to do, uh, in our church, uh, through this series and, um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, uh, well, thanks for uh, giving us that little preview and thanks for taking the time as always out of your out of your uh, week to, to answer these questions, kind of talk through, um, even today, you know, some more difficult things. Yeah, so sure. just thank you for the time yeah, and well, thank uh, you. just, uh, sharing with us. So thank you, Jared. All right. Well, uh, we will see you guys on Sunday. Take care. Bye-bye.